is the Big Church Podcast. You know, love Louisville to life is not just our tagline. It is not just something we say, but it's how we live. It is our mission. And you may be looking around Louisville. You may be looking around your city and the world and everything that's going on. And you might be thinking, are we making a difference? I'm here to tell you this morning that we are doing better than we think we are. If you're praying, if you're reading your Bible, if you're being kind, you're doing better than you think you are. But you guys, we have so much more work to do. Today, I want each of us to personally examine ourselves. I want our church to examine what we've been doing And the Enneagram 8 in me wants to challenge myself, but also challenge you because there's more work to be done. I believe God has more for us and our families and our cities and everywhere that we go, they're depending on us to fulfill the mission to love Louisville to life. And you, wherever you're watching from, God is counting on you. Your families and cities are counting on you to fulfill it as well. The title of my talk today is Influence. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. God, um, in our confusion, in our uncertainty of the future, we know that your word is yes and amen. We know that you've always been faithful and you'll be faithful to the end. And so God, today, we just choose to attach our faith to what we've already seen you do. Today, God, I pray that you use your word, your scripture to offend our hearts and you change our life. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Jesus, we ask that you step on our toes that you offend our hearts so you can change our lives today and you will get all the praise and glory for it in Jesus name well we're going to be talking about the master's life today Jesus he influenced and modeled the four C's of influence the city the crowd the crew and the core And I'm going to be giving you guys a lot, a lot, a lot of scripture today to demonstrate from God's word how important the four C's were to Jesus. So take out your notebooks. I don't hear them. Or take out your phone notes. Let me see them glowing. And get ready to take some notes because I am not the expert and I hope that you go home and you study these out for yourselves this week. I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures to you, but I'm also going to be referencing them. That's why you have to go home and study them. By the way, y'all know what we believe around here is that if you don't take notes, you're not getting to heaven. Just kidding. You'll get to heaven, but uh, 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 those that take notes will be in front of the line. (laughs) My goal today is threefold. Number one, it's to challenge you to want to do something. The second thing is I want to give you practical steps so you can make a difference. And the last thing that I want to do is invite you on the journey of influence. Jesus challenged us all in the great commission to go 
and make disciples. Let's read in Matthew 28, and I'm going to read from the message version. We're going to begin in verse 16, and it says, Meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Hello, 2020. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And I'll be with you as you do this. Day after day after day, right up until the end of age. Jesus gave us authority. And he challenged us to live missionally, to live intentionally, and do it confidently. I believe if Jesus was right here in this room in 2020, it would be something, it would go something like this. Hey, this is for you. Yeah, you, all of you, not just the pastors and preachers, but you, 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 and you. I want you to go and make disciples. I genuinely believe that this is the place that we Christians, hello, we've missed the mark. We have missed the mark. Some of us are just trying to survive ourselves, right? And some of us, we don't think we know enough about the Bible to disciple anyone else. Or we just get too busy with our own lives and our own agendas that we don't take the time to do the one thing that Jesus asked us to do. And that's to do life and disciple others. Here at Big Church, we unapologetically, like I'm not sorry, not even hashtag sorry, not sorry. I am not sorry. We are not sorry that we want to reach the unchurched. We want to reach them because some of them don't even know about Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus. Some of them have been hurt by the church or Jesus followers, and so we want to reach them, or they're just not interested. We haven't made Jesus as exciting as he really is. You know, we want to save the lost, revive the found, build the house, and make a difference. The way we do that is by focusing on the four C's of influence. And the first C that we're going to talk about today is the city. We are called to love and serve the city. And when we pray and when we love and when we serve, that's when Jesus says, okay, here are the keys to your city. Go change it. Jesus didn't wait for Sunday morning or a church service to make impact. He made an impact in every city that he walked in. The word city is used 160 times in the New Testament. Influencing the city was pretty important to Jesus. So gang, it has to be important to us. You know, in John 4, Jesus met this Samaritan woman at the well. 
and she was thirsty. And she really didn't know she was there for water that day. She went to draw water from the well in the middle of the day because everybody had their opinions and their gossip about her. So she went in the heat of the day, and she was so thirsty for love that when Jesus stepped in and he told her, hey, girl, I know you've been married four times, and the man you're shacking up with, you're not even married to him right now, but I love you, and I am the living water where you will never thirst for that love again because I'm going to give it to you in full supply. He told her everything that she had done, and she didn't get offended. She ran back to the city, and she told everybody, come and see, come and see what this man has told me. Her testimony changed her city. I was that Samaritan woman jumping from relationship to relationship and marriage and so on and so forth, just wanting somebody to love me the way that only Jesus could. And we can go to church and we can say the right things and we can do the right things. But if our heart isn't fully his, we're never going to meet that mark. And Jesus is the one that gave me the love that I needed. And he's the one that can take away any thirst that you're dealing with. You may not be thirsty the way I was thirsty, but you might be thirsty in material possessions or fame and trying to make a name for yourself or attention or you may have so much self-doubt that you never think that you measure up or you might be trying to fill your thirst with substances. I don't know what it is for you, but the one that can fill it is his name is Jesus and he's the one that can heal it and bring restoration. He, Jesus, is a redeemer. He takes our mess and he turns it into our message. I look that I'm a preacher of the gospel now with my train wreck of a past. Doesn't matter. Jesus took my stuff to use for his glory. Amen. And what about in Luke 8? Jesus had gone to another city and ran into a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. The woman had spent her whole life savings trying to be healed. But all she had to do is get in that city where Jesus was, push through the crowd, and touch the hem of his robe. We need to have influence in our city because people need Jesus more than they ever have before. I believe that. I need Jesus more than I needed him back when I was a hot mess. I am telling you, I was telling my husband the other day that I've never, with all of my past, walked through a season like we're walking through right now. This is tough. I know it's tough for you. I know it's tough for us, but we've got to keep pressing on, going to our city and being the change that we want to see. We are his tools. The Bible says that we're his hands and we're his feet. Are you being that today? In Luke 1941, 
it says, but as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. His heart is broken over a city. His heart is breaking what's going on in the world right now. There is just so much division, and I believe like never before, we need to love and we need to serve our city. So here's the practical things, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, fall in love with your city. Fall in love with Louisville. Fall in love with your cities on, wherever you're watching online. And let's get a burden to pray for our city. How much do you pray about what's going on instead of complain about what's going on? Can I tell you, the Egyptians, the Israelites ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years when it was a four-day walk to the promised land because all they did was complain. I don't know about you, but I'm done complaining because I don't want to be here for 40 years. COVID has to die in Jesus' name. Racism has to die in Jesus' name. Things have got to get, I, I'm not accepting new normal. I'm accepting Jesus' normal. Let's influence by encouraging people. You guys are, uh, uh, we have somebody here at our church that I'm like, oh my gosh, he is so encouraging. Like, it's so great to see you today. You're making such a difference. You're amazing. I love you. And uh, Tyler Palmer is constantly encouraging everybody around him. But that's what we need to do everywhere we go. We need to be doing it to our neighbors. We need to be doing it at our favorite restaurants instead of being mad that we got to wear masks. We need to be doing it at our schools, at our gym, at our favorite hangouts. To every single person we come in contact with, we need to be encouraging them and finding value. And the last way is get involved. Get involved. Don't just sit back and say, I know the pastors will do it. I know the pastors will disciple them. I know the pastors will go to the hospital. I know that they'll do all that. No, get involved. So if you haven't gotten involved, we have our outreach program that's called Love Louisville. And we want to challenge you to join the next one that we do. What could happen if all of us decided to show up and go love Louisville, we would go from three outreaches to 33. I believe that we would love Louisville back to life. I believe that you all have one day out of 90. Do I have any math teachers in the house, Leanne? Uh, Liam Wofford? Okay, that percentage is crazy. We can sacrifice one day to make a difference we would love Louisville to, to life the second C is crowd church on Sunday is the crowd in the gospel it explains how everywhere Jesus went he drew a crowd he had a following People wanted to be where he was so we need to ask ourselves church is he here? Do we make room for him? And we need to ask, are you here? Have I made room for you? Because at the end of the day, we're the church. It's not these four walls. We're the church. 
everything we do on Sundays from our smiles and love to the excellence in which we do things, hello, either point people to Jesus or not. We want Big Church to be a church where people are running to because he is here. And you know, the crowd matters to Jesus. He loved the crowd. Remember the story in Luke 5 where a group of men pushed through the crowd and cut a hole in the roof to lower down their paralytic friend because they knew Jesus was there. And even though there was a crowd, Jesus would meet them where, at his need. That's influence. Matthew 15, I'm going to start reading in verse 10. It says, then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? And Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will fall into a ditch. You know what? He didn't water down the truth to get people to follow him. Jesus loved the crowd so much that he spoke the truth in love. One of our core values at Big Church is Jesus is our message and Jesus is love and truth. And it's all wrapped into one. And we see here that the Pharisees got offended that the that the true by the truth and Christians everywhere today are getting offended by the truth. They're saying, "Oh, wait a minute. We want to make the Bible what fits our lifestyle so we don't have to change." His word is offensive to every single person that wants to live their way. And as the song as you find me says, his love's too good to leave you here. He has more for us. Let's look at Mark 5, and I'm going to read two verses. 21 says, Jesus got into the boat again, and he went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. And we're going to skip down to 24, and it says, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. Jesus is the one who draws the crowd. It's not the lights. It's not the worship, but the one we do worship. It's not the word, but it's the one who gave the word. Jesus is the one who draws the crowd. And let's look at Luke 5. And I'm going to begin in the very first verse. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee... Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out in the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let your nets, let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, 
we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, hello? But if you say so, I'll let my nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees and before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Listen, Jesus wants us to have a crowd on Sunday. Let me tell you why. The bigger the crowd the bigger the net. The bigger the net, the bigger the catch. Thank you, Rich Wilkerson Jr. for saying that. I love that. The bigger the crowd, the bigger the net. The bigger the net, the bigger the catch. Jesus wants to make you fishers of men. He wants you to reach your neighbors, your waitresses, your co-workers, your family, your friends that are like, you're going where? You're going to church again? Again this week, you know, we got to get past that. We got to do what God's called us to do, no matter what people are saying. But we also have to guard our hearts so that we don't become that consumer Christian where church is all about us. It's all about me. It's all about my. That's all I know of that song. (laughs) You know, a consumer Christian is... A person who says, well, I'm out if the worship team doesn't sing my favorite songs or if they sing that song one more time. Or a consumer Christian is one who's like, you know what, I'm just not getting fed at church anymore. You know, our church is really just for people that are far from God and baby Christians. Well, you know what my Bible tells me? That we need to get off the milk and on the meat. And that we need to be eating every single day of the week. And I'm not. And Pastor Rich and Pastor Brandon, we're not in your house every day. And we know that you are not eating just on Sunday. So don't wait for Sunday to be fed. You come in here expecting to feed those around you. Amen. Or... I, a consumer Christian also is like, you know what? Someone's in my seat today. I didn't get to sit in my normal seat. Now, that's not normal. Or the pastor didn't talk to me today. Or they, you know what? They asked me to serve. Or I'm not getting my way here. So maybe I can go over there. And I might be able to get my way. Or, or, or. The list goes on, you guys. But a consumer Christian is all about church being about me and not about him. Sundays are for Jesus. But he is so loving that as we come to him, he always comes to us. That's what the word says. If you will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. And I'll tell you, every single Sunday... Even being the pastor of the church, I get something out of it. 
The Lord blesses me as I'm blessing him in worship. I cried three times down here in worship today. I, uh, it's, what is your attitude? Church isn't about us. It's about him. So can we all agree today that you need church as much as the church needs you? I believe when you've had a good week, the church needs you. When you've had a bad week, you need church. But what we're seeing in this culture in 2020 is, you know what? I didn't get what I want, so I'm not going back to church. Jesus is the only one that can give you what you want and what you need. So I have a little saying that I learned back in my Mary Kay days, and it was about our sales meeting, but I believe it about church as well. You miss one Sunday you're sick. And I know some of you can't be here in person because of the pandemic. Be online. So you miss one, you're sick. Two, you're dying. And three, you're dead. And I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about your spiritual life is dead. It's like, oh, well, I've missed three Sundays. I, it's easier to not get back into community. Listen to what Hebrews Chapter 10 says in verse 22. I'm reading from the Message Bible in this as well. So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. He always keeps his word. He always keeps his word. His word will not return void. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. The crowd matters to Jesus. Sunday matters. It matters that you are here in community, whether it's online or here. It matters. Church is not the same without you. And we know that it's hard right now with the uncertainty. But we have faith that this isn't lasting very much longer. We're believing that, we're, that COVID is ending in Jesus' name and we're all going to be able to be back together. The church is what carries the hope of the world. Church is important. And as we close, I just want to ask every single one of you to close your eyes. And I want you to really examine yourself. Maybe you felt a little convicted today that you haven't been the influence that you've wanted to be. My hand's in the air right now. I was convicted by the message God gave me because I'm not always the happiest person when I'm out in the city. Maybe you're convicted by that. Or maybe you've never understood the magnitude of the love of Jesus. And you haven't allowed him to influence your life. And you've not ever surrendered your life to him. Right now, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory to God. And it also says that today is the day of salvation. And all you have to do is believe in your heart and speak. Speak it with your mouth and you will be saved. 
but it doesn't end there. Then you've got to get plugged in. You've got to be a part of the Great Commission. You've got to sit under discipleship, and then you've got to disciple others. We're going to be finishing the next two C's next week, which is crew and core. And these four C's will change our whole life for him. Let me pray for you this week. Father, we come to you. God, we're asking that you help us to be the influence in the city that we're the influence in the crowd. God, that if we have felt like church isn't important or how we act in the city or on Facebook or whatever is not important, that you've given us influence, that we're leaders in the city, that we're leaders in church, we're leaders everywhere in our life, God. And I pray today that you help us to carry you the greatest influencer of all everywhere we go in Jesus' name. And listen, if you were influenced by Jesus and you gave your life in salvation to him, would you comment below so that we can walk you through the next steps? We love you guys so much and I can't wait to see you back here next week. Would you join us for one more song? We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.